Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Uh, I want to read a scripture to you and then a quote, um, and then we'll pray. Galatians 6 9 says, And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. C.S. Lewis says, Isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different? Pray with me real quick. Father, we thank you for the privilege it is to be together this morning, that we could gather in a public place and seek your name and seek your face. God, we're just grateful. We don't take it for granted. God, I don't take this opportunity that you've given me for granted. We don't take this lightly. So God, we just give you today, God. I pray that you would use me today, that the word that you've placed in me, God, would land today. God, that you would use me as your vessel. And so God, we just give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, um, I've been wrestling with this thought for a couple of weeks. I feel like God gave me a vision um, a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday on my way into church, and I knew that it was a word for me and a word for this house. And, you know, it's this word, it's this quality, it's this thing that is not the norm today. It's this thing that when we see it in other people that we're drawn to it, we're attracted to it, when we see it in an organization, when we see it in a company, in a business, in a product, we're drawn to it because it's not what we normally see. But often we struggle to have this quality. We struggle to have this consistency. We want to have it, but we don't often know how. You know, even the Apostle Paul struggled with this. In Romans 7.15, he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do in this word. And honestly, maybe that's why I felt that for Brody this morning. But it's this word of this quality of consistency. And it's consistency that's going to give us spiritual strength. And it's going to give us as a church ministry impact. It's what you know you need in your own personal life. It's it's what you know you need in your physical health. It's what you know you need in your relationships. It's what you know you need in your financial management and your goals, but we just struggle to do it. And you know, maybe the past few weeks as God has so beautifully been speaking through Sean that there's been something that's happened in you and God has met you in a moment and he's ministered to you in an altar and he's breathed life into you and you've known, hey, I've got to dig some wells or I've got to do this, but maybe that feeling has already waned and you stood up last week and you said, I want to take that 90-day challenge to keep God the center point, the focal point of my home but maybe you only did it two days last week. And honestly, it's, it's consistency that's going to help us maintain these things that God has done, that he's given to us, that he's placed in our life. But it goes against the very grain of our society. 
When was the last time you guys heard anyone being celebrated for like working 40 years at a job? When was the last time you heard that? And, and honestly, I think it's this, this thing that we celebrate now things that happen in a moment. And so we see someone that does this really amazing overnight success and we're like, yeah, that's awesome. And look at that. And so we struggle. We celebrate these big high moments, but we struggle to stay in the consistent. And so we're not consistent in our relationships and we're not consistent in um, our jobs. People quit and they move on and they quit and they move on and they quit and they move on. And we're not consistent in our church. You know, honestly, I feel like the pandemic did something to rewire our brains where we said, okay, it's like scary out there. And so we have to stay in and, and we had to do that. But now, at the first sign of something that's uncomfortable or, oh, that somebody said something to me and it offended me. So I'm just going to go somewhere else. It's this thing inside of us that has struggled to stay consistent. But I believe, and I really feel like this is a word for me and it's a word for this house. But there is power waiting on us in consistency. You see, consistency, it's a deliberate effort to stay the course, to stay steady, unchangeable, immovable, constant, firmly fixed in a position. And so you're like, cool, yeah, she's just saying that to me because you want something from me. Or maybe you're like, yeah, that's cool. I can go read that in a self-help book. But is that even biblical? Why are you talking about that on a Sunday? Well, um, did you know that consistency and faithfulness is a characteristic that's displayed all through the Bible? In all the people of the Bible, in our God, did you know that our God is consistent? Malachi 3.6 says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Psalm 102.27, but you are the same and your years will have no end. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. You know, maybe that's why some of us struggle with consistency is because we were created in the image of God, right? And so if our God is consistent, it's this thing that we should do. But we live in this tension of our flesh and this broken sin man that wants to do what is against who we were created. And so today we're gonna talk about the life of Daniel um, if you haven't read the Bible before, Daniel is a really cool character in the Bible. Not just a character, he was a real person um, that really happened. I know that some people today think that some of the things that happened in the Bible were just pretend and make-believe. And um, I believe that the Bible's true. And I believe that Daniel was a real man and that really happened. And so there you go. Um, <clears throat> Backstory, uh, around 587 BC, the Babylonians had defeated Jerusalem. Actually, see, this is why we know the Bible is true, because like you can look at archaeology and um, scientific evidence that these things really happen. So yeah, um, the Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem. They had taken over the city, and one of the things that they would do to kind of like stick their thumb at uh, the people they had defeated was they would... Um, recruit and basically steal the best and brightest of those people. And they would indoctrinate them and then they would make them Babylonian leaders. And so Daniel was one of those that had been taken and 
uh, taken into slavery as a teenager. And he had, where we're gonna pick up today is when he's around 80 years old. And so from about 17 to 80, he had proven a life of consistency. And honestly, he had grown in favor with the king and had gotten some really high position because of living a consistent life, even in the middle of slavery, even in the middle of hardship. He had shown up and had shown up up in his relationship with God. And so if you have your Bible with you today, we're going to start in Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And it says this, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. So this person who had been enslaved at this point of his life there was three people that oversaw most of the kingdom, and one of them was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king had planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So he's one of three, and now the king's like, man, this guy is amazing, and we're going to like promote him over everybody. And guess what? People didn't like that. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So finally, these men said, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. I just think it's crazy. Like, here is this man. He's lived all this time. He has been faithful. He's been accountable. He has not been corrupt. He has risen in position. And guess what? Just like in your lives, you're doing everything right, and there's gonna be some naysayers that come against you. And where did they try to come against him? In his consistency. It goes on to say this in Daniel 6, 6 through 11. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, so they're like, we're gonna like puff the king up because we know if we say how cool he is and how awesome he is, then he'll do whatever we say, right? So they go to him and they're like, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any God or any human being during the next 30 days except to you your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. And so they're like, we're going to get Daniel because we know he's consistent in one thing. <clears throat> now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius, he's like, man, these people think I'm awesome. I'm going to do this. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, what did he do? This is really cool. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Then these men, these people who wanted it out for him, they went as a group and they found Daniel praying and asking God for help because they knew that's where they would find him. 
I just love that. I love that line. It says he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Daniel knew his life was in danger. He was no dummy. He didn't reach this high position and not know that his life was in danger. But what did he do? He went back to where he knew his power was. You see, it was in this consistency of meeting with God and seeking God's heart and being consistent in his devotion to the one that he knew had all the power. Not the king. I mean, he served the king, but he knew he didn't have all the power. Not these other satraps and administrators. No, no, the one that he knew had all the power. In your life, those that come against you, if you have a devotion to the one that you know has all the power, not the person that says, oh, you'll never get anywhere because of your generational trauma. Oh, you'll never do that because of what you did yesterday. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a devotion to the one that has all the power. You see, Daniel knew his wife. He knew in that moment that his devotion to this one would be the one that would get him through. And so if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I think we can learn about Daniel. He knew his why. And so you need to know your why. You see, Daniel didn't just have a desire to know God. He didn't just say, oh, I just wish I had a really good relationship with him. I just wish I could do this. I just wish. No, no, he, he had this deep knowing, this deep devotion, which is kind of like this cause and effect relationship, right? It was like this devotion that to God that caused him to be consistent and this consistency that caused him to be devoted. And he knew it wasn't just desire, it was devotion. And I think that's why so many of us struggle with being consistent because we don't know our why. We don't know why we wanna have a really successful business. We don't really know why we wanna make an impact in the world. You know. Maybe there's been some idea put out there for you of perfection or that there's an easy way to do it. And because we can't find the easy way and because we can't do it the perfect way, then we just don't do it at all. You know, I know, I just know this about you. I know you desire good godly things for your life. I know you desire to have a Holy Spirit-filled life that gives you power and strength. I know you desire to be in community that will build you up, that will not tear you down. I know you want that. But desire and devotion are two different things. And consistency, it's not perfection. So if you're looking for things to be perfect, then stop it. Because none of us are perfect. Do you think Daniel was perfect? Do you think he ever missed one of the three times a day that he would get down on his knees and pray? Sure he did. He was a human. He's imperfect. He's not some like spiritual God. But what we do know about him and what is written about him is he was consistent. And so even though maybe he missed one morning because he overslept or maybe he was like busy doing something with his pals and so he didn't go to that noontime prayer. But what we see is that he was consistent. And so even if he didn't do something or even if he messed up, he kept going. And so I don't know. Maybe today you need to ask yourself the first thing is just like why? Why do I want to have kingdom impact? Why do I want to have a relationship with God? What is my why? 
What is my vision for my life? Because you see, the king, he was, had something out for Daniel, but Daniel knew his why. So the leaders, um, goes on in the story, the leaders, we saw that, they found out that Daniel was doing what he'd always done. So they went back to the king, and they're like, yes, we got him. And they're like, hey, king, your boy Daniel, he is praying to his God and not you. And honestly, the king, he's like really upset because he loved, he loved, he loved Daniel. Um, but he's like, man, I got to stick to my word because they told me I was all this awesome stuff. And if I go back on it, then they're not going to think I'm cool anymore. And so he said, okay. And so they threw Daniel into the lion's den. These hungry, starved lions, um, game over, right? Would that be really scary? Be pretty scary. But... God sent an angel, and he sent the angel, and the angel shut the lion's mouth. And here's what we see in Daniel chapter 6, verse 23, and it says, When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. See, he spent the whole night in a lion's den, and he spent the whole night going through something that was really hard. And going through something, honestly, probably none of us have, I don't think any of, if you have been in a lion's den, tell me, because that's pretty awesome. But I don't think any of us have ever sat in something like that before. But we all have faced hardship. We've all faced scary things. But Daniel trusted in his God. And where do you think that trust came from? Was it found in the lion's den? No, no. It was found in the prayer closet. And so the second thing that we can learn from Daniel is that your consistency, this power that can be found in consistency, is found before the lion moments. I just think so many of us are showing up to these big moments in our lives or something really overwhelming happens, or something terrifying happens, and it's in that moment that we get down on our knees and we're like, God, I need you. Show up right now, God. And of course, he's faithful, and of course, he shows up. But there's fear, and we are overcome, and we fall down, and we're like, what are we going to do? It's because we haven't found our consistency and intimacy with God before that moment. You see, consistency with God in the intimacy with him will breed spiritual strength. And so does that mean that you won't have to go through a lion's den moment? No. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, I, everyone in here that I actually know, I know you've had hard times. And so does that mean that you won't go through a lion? No, it won't. It doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that you will have power not to, um, like, get out of the moment, but to stand strong in the moment. You see, inconsistency, it kills intimacy. You know this in your marriages, if you're married. If you're inconsistent with each other, that kills intimacy. If you are inconsistent in the lives of your children or in your friendships or relationships, it kills intimacy. But the beautiful thing about it is that consistency will bring us close. 
See, Jesus said in John 15, 4, he said, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. See, to abide, it's kind of like consistency. It's to endure without yielding, to continue in a place, to remain stable. And I know that we all want, I know we want this. You wouldn't be here today if you didn't want a relationship with God. We want close intimacy with him. We want that so when the lion does come roaring that we don't have to buckle in fear, but we can just walk back to our prayer closet. We can get on our knees and we can give thanks to God because that's where our power is found. But it takes time and it takes intentionality. And so why not start today? You know, today, maybe start with a few small, simple changes that will compound over time. Find a few moments to be alone with God. You know, we, in my small group, we're talking about um, silence and solitude right now. And there's some girls in the group that spending five moments, five minutes alone with God is hard. And there's some people that spending five hours alone with God would be like a breeze. But those people that it's those five hours, that didn't happen overnight. That took years of walking and abiding with God. Listen, I, like this is just the mom and me, but if we can find time to brush our teeth every day, which I hope you do. If you don't brush your teeth, maybe let's talk about that. Um, but we can find time to do that. We can find time to eat. I mean, some of you don't, but most of us find time to eat. And we can find time to do the things that we enjoy, right? And so we can find time to be consistent in our relationship with God. In our relationship with his people, <laughs> That we would show up with the people in your lives. That you would be in a small group, not because it's like, oh, that's what the church does when you have to zoom. But no, because that's, that's where you can find power. This consistency and community will draw power unto you. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And so we could have consistency in our relationship with his people in his house. One last thing that we see about Daniel, we see in chapter six, verse 25 through 28, and it says, then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, may you, so this is after Daniel's pulled out of the lion's den and there's no wound on him and King Darius is like, whoa. So he says, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree. Now, this, how funny is this? It's like the opposite of his decree that he had just issued before. But that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. I think it's beautiful. King Darius is just so overwhelmed that this man that he, he really cared for, that um, that he threw into a pit of lions, that he comes out with no wounds on him, and he issues this decree to all the people of his 
kingdom to fear the God of Daniel. You see, this life of consistency that Daniel lived, even in the face of what seemed to be utter death, this is the last thing it became, fertile ground for God's glory to be made known. I just think it's like, who knows how many people came to know God because of what Daniel did, because he stood strong in the midst of everything, that he was consistent, that he just did what he always did. And I know God has that for each of us too. That if we could just live a consistent life with God, that if we would just show up, if we'd show up with his people and if we'd show up in our relationship with him, if we'd show up in the prayer closet, if we would show up to church, not, listen, we, it's not that we need you to come to church. It's just, let me tell you, like you're gonna, if you make this commitment and you show up and you show up to your small group and you show up to coming to this house and you show up in the word of God every day and if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you invite him in and you show up. Maybe not next week you'll look in the mirror and see a difference, but I promise you, you look six months down the road, you'll look back at yourself and you'll be like, whoa, well, I'm different. I'm different. I, I look different. <laughs> I sound different. I talk different. I know there's people in here that want to make big impact on the world. They have dreams to have kingdom impact. And you want your business to have impact on the world. You want to do something great in the world. I just want to tell you, you do that by showing up. You do that by being faithful, by being consistent. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. You know, I told you at the beginning that I had a vision a couple of weeks ago, and that's where this word came from. And I was driving to church, and um, I don't often, I'm not trying to be weird, I don't often have visions. I, like, I have dreams a lot, but um, I was driving, and I felt Honestly, like I was totally transported to another time. And I was transported back into the back seat of a silver Ford Taurus when I was nine or 10 years old and saw the back of my mom's curly hair and could smell the strong smell of my dad's cologne and the sound of Andre Crouch playing on the cassette player, just Jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no other Jesus is the way and I was just in that moment and I could see myself there and I, I, I saw the word consistency just flash over that vision and I started to hear God talk to me and he said you know that's the back seat of that car that's that's where you fell in love with me. In the back seat of that car is that's where you fell in love with my house. In the back seat of that car is that's where you felt the call of God on your life. And it's what you got your power to do what you're doing today. In the back seat of that car is that's where it all happened. And it was because of the consistency and the faithfulness of your parents. You know, Sunday mornings for us, it wasn't an option. 
it's kind of funny, um, you know, of course, we get sick sometimes, so if you're sick, you, you don't go to church. But not in those days. Uh, I remember, like, going to church in the backseat of that car and, like, having to pull over on the side of the road and throw up, and then we keep going to church, you know. Uh, just like what we did, you know. And I remember there being times where we'd be in church and somebody would offend my dad or somebody would say something. One time, <laughs> this is so silly, but one time we were leaving church and this woman called my dad a turtle. I was so mad. I was like, don't you dare call my dad a turtle. <laughs> He's just a little short guy. But it was in those moments in the backseat of that car where I would hear how my dad would respond to a situation like that. And he'd say, well, it's okay. Maybe she's having a bad day. It was never, never a, a choice in his mind to be like, oh, well, we're never going back to that church because that person said that to me, and so, whew, or I didn't like what that person said, so we ain't going back there. No, it was just this consistency. And it'd be in the backseat of the car, and my mom, we were raised, I was raised charismatic, and so we'd get in the car, and she sometimes she'd still be speaking in tongues in the front of the car all the way home. Or, you know, maybe it'd be like just them talking about what happened at church. Or there were times when I was so lost in the presence of God that my mom and dad had to carry me to the car. And I would just be laid down in the back of that Taurus, just crying, thanking God. And as I thought about my life, and I thought about this church's impact and what God has for this church and for the people of this church, it's consistency. Because that isn't the norm. Honestly, even as a parent, I'm really convicted, convicted by just that image of like, my parents were faithful. And I could know that my mom would always be in her prayer closet. And I'd hear sometimes in the middle of the night just praying and praying and praying. And I thought, I don't know if Sam knows that. I don't know if he knows that about me, that I'm consistent. And I'm here. I'm standing here today because of the consistency of my parents. And so their legacy is being lived out through me. But will that happen with the next generation? I don't know. I don't know. I'm very concerned. I'm concerned that we have just given up on a lot of things. And things get hard, and so we just retreat. And, and I get it. Listen, I am not saying there is real trauma that has happened to people. And there is real things that have happened that have caused people to need to step back and retreat. But I just I don't think that's our God he's consistent and if we want our children to be able to stand up someday and say it was because my mom and dad were consistent and you want that for your legacy and you want somebody to say about you someday I promise you that that to me is better than having a million dollars. That is better to me than having all the riches of the world that I have legacy that has been born into me because the consistency and faithfulness of my parents. 
And he has that for each and every one of you. And I, consistency is not perfection. So <laughs> this 90-day challenge we're on, I'm like, my God, that is the most beautiful thing we could do for our families and our church right now. And if you make a mistake and you slip up and you fall and you don't do it, okay, just get back up again. Just show up again. Somebody hurt you, somebody offended you, don't run away. Show up again. Your relationships with people, something got awkward, somebody did something weird, show up. <laughs> because we can't expect anything to change if we don't show up. And so I just, um, I hope you don't mind me uh, just, you know, mom and y'all for a second. Um, Sean says all the time, he's like, you know, you just, I feel like sometimes I always have like, you know, I don't know, maybe that's just the call God's put on my life. But I, I do think that if we could, if we could start a life of consistency with God, with our intimacy with him, with our relationship with him, with his people, with his house, I really genuinely feel like there is something huge that could be done. Not because of us, but so that God's glory could be made known through us. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.